Hey, 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 everybody. My name's Ryan Atkinson, and you are on the Business Cloud. Guys, I'm very excited for today because we are hopping across the pond and being joined by an angel investor from London, England, who I was lucky enough to connect with last uh, December, January. Um, and I hit it off with him, and I'm super excited to actually have him on. I was just telling him before this, I've been wanting to have him on since like October or so. And so it's great. To have <laughs> um, and so, Francisco Fidalgo, it is our pleasure to have you on, and thank you so much for joining the cloud. Hey, Ryan. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm really excited about this. The sure. pleasure is mine. Yeah, no, the pleasure is ours for sure. We'll hop into our two fun warm-up questions just to kind of get the blood pumping, the brain thinking a little bit. Um, so my first yeah, question sure. is, if you had to eat dinner with one person, dead or alive, who would it be? Oh, this is an easy one. By far, Steve Jobs. By far. I'm, I'm, actually, I'm actually reading uh, his biography now. It took me a little bit to get uh, to him. He's like a classical and and like anyone that's interested in tech but like that guy was just a bit kooky and crazy and he actually had a very like um specific diet you would only eat like some kind of stuff so it'd be really fun to to uh have dinner with him oh man that you hit my heart there because is it by walter isaacson is that the one you're referring to yeah yeah favorite book i've ever read it was not even kidding when i say it was a life-changing um so we're gonna actually oh, yeah. that a little bit more um here in a little bit um but sure, then, my, sure. then my follow-up question to that is if you only had one question to ask Steve Jobs, what would it be? Oh, um, it would just be like, how do you just shut off? No, how do you remain so focused? Because mm -hmm. he was just like, a, like he just had an aim and an idea and he kind of had a worldview of that, like that imagine, he imagined and he wanted to build it and that was it. And mm -hmm. no, one, no one's opinion, no one's, um, say was was gonna, gonna gonna go against it so definitely had to stay focused for that long like mm -hmm. 50 years or how long it, how long it was i know it's amazing how like pinpoint like perfectionist he was and he would let you know if it sucked like he would let you know yeah. <laughs> for sure for sure yeah he's a great guy great yeah well we can also i want to know more about you and everyone else wants to know about you so can you just introduce yourself um and just kind of who are you <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, I'm Francisco. I'm I was born in uh, Portugal, uh, the little country by Spain. And um, I was, uh, my dad is a farmer, my mom was bank, uh, was a banker. And I was kind of in the middle of, of uh, the family dynamics where my dad kind of wanted me to do more stuff like with my hands and um, more like down to earth and my mom was pushing more for academics. So um, I kind of landed on engineering um because of that and i studied engineering and uh, i moved to the uk to do that and um after that i was i was thinking about studying abroad and came across the opportunity to go to the university of iowa for a year in to do a year of exchange and that that's what i did and that's uh, how our, our connection came about um, and then after i finished my degree i moved to london i did a little bit of work in startups and um and find my way into a, a small vc and um and it was, it was, it was really, yeah, basically I became really invested in, um, in investing and in, uh, VCs and, uh, and now I'm kind of taking some time off to, to do some, uh, angel investing and kind of see some, if I can get involved with a few cool companies. Mm, wow. Um, so that's pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, that's how we connected, um, when I was studying abroad in London, um, that's how we connected You're a former Iowa alum essentially. And so I'm just kind of curious, like, how did you get involved to going to the University of Iowa of all places in the United States? 
Well, it, it's kind of a funny story because I was initially, it was between, um, for my degree, I could only go to Iowa or to the University of South Australia. So it was kind of two different places opposite in the world. And I applied to go to the university in Australia and I put my second choice as Iowa. So, and then by chance they put me there, but I think looking back, I was just, it was clearly a mistake. And then God or whatever is up there decided, no, no, like I'm going to give God this guy a pass. I'm going to put him on, on Iowa. So yeah, there was no, no other places in the U S it was just Iowa. And uh, yeah, I was fine with that. I, I think I was, it was probably the best decision. Mm -hmm. No, yeah. Oh, sorry. No, you're Sorry, right. it just got a pop up. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was probably the best decision. It was like, I think I got the essence of America, not like the coasts, more of the, the heart and which, which was really nice. Yeah, it probably reflected that farmer like mentality almost because if you look around in Iowa, you're seeing a lot of uh, cornfields essentially. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, loads of cornfields. Yeah, my my dad actually came to visit once, and he was so impressed by the kind of machi the machinery that you guys had, like big, big tractors and like everything automat automatic. It was really cool. No, awesome. And I'm curious, like, so what? Moving to Iowa, you're thousands, thousands of miles away from home. Uh, what did that teach you, just kind of for your own personal growth? Of okay, I'm in the middle of America, no one's near me. I mean, what did that teach you, really? Taking that you could take one of them. Uh, yeah, it was a, it was, it was at a time where I was, I was like, uh, still a little bit young. And even though I studied abroad in the UK, like the UK is three hours away from Portugal, I would go back every couple months. Uh, my parents would come and visit every couple months. So it didn't really feel like I was really far away from home. So going across the pond and having to apply for visas and being like considerably away. And one thing that made it really clear was the time difference. I had to like find these time slots to call home where we'd both be awake. Mm -hmm. And and that kind of really set it, set it um, apart. So I would say definitely independence and resourcefulness. Like you, I, you, there's no there's no one else like there. It's just like living home mm -hmm. and you kind of have to sort yourself out. If you want to put something like, uh, I don't know, like do fix some stuff around the house. There's no like parents to ask you. You kind of just have to do it. Uh, so yeah, definitely that. No, awesome. Yeah, and that's like one because right now, like, I just got because it's a six-hour time difference. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. So like, yeah. I literally just got done drinking my coffee like twenty minutes ago, and like, you're probably thinking about what you're having for dinner, right? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I've thought about it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, just that di that huge difference in time frame. Um, and so I kind of want to dive more into like your background um, with angel investing specifically. Um, so what yeah. is that? What is an angel investor? We can start off with what is an angel investor. Sure, sure. So the an angel investor is a person that has um um that obviously invests in companies. Companies mm -hmm. are really uh, really young uh, startup companies, and it's usually the first money that goes into a company. It's the first the first seed money to to get it going for the company mm -hmm. to build the first product or to to sell it. And uh, what's interesting about angel investing is because you come in really early, and you also have the opportunity to create uh, a relationship with the founder and help them out in a way that later stage investing uh, doesn't really doesn't really provide uh, so you get to sit down with founders go for coffee regularly hear mm -hmm. them out give advice and kind of shepherd them through uh, the future so it's it's really good if you want to see something uh, grow and develop and um, and and yeah that gives you that opportunity so that's what I'm really attracted to it as um, is to see companies 
kind of go from that idea that someone has in a garage, bring it back to Steve Jobs, and then uh, go like for really big, really big companies. I think that's what's really cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so like, so how did you really gain these skills for angel investing? You were an investment analyst, I believe, but I'm curious, like, how did you really know, okay, I want to be an angel investor because I have these skills? Uh, I think it's more of a, uh, no one, it's not like a degree that you do. It's not mm -hmm. like someone tells you that you can be or you cannot be. It's more of a, um, I've ha I have some experience with startups. I've had my fair share of, of startups and it, my experience always been at a very early stage. Like my first ever job, I was like the first hire mm -hmm. in a company. And then my second one, I was like the third or fourth. And um, so it was always like, um, there's nothing, there's nothing is basically every, every, everything that you do, um, is almost proactive and you trying to build something out of, out of, um, out of nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I kind of drew on those experiences and I thought maybe I could, um, help some other people not make the same mistakes, um, as I did. Mm -hmm. And, um, so okay. did you, so you said you were like the first hire in a company, you were, I think like the third yeah. hire in a company. Did you always know you wanted to be in startups? I mean, those aren't your corporate where I'm the 52nd thousand hire. I mean, did you always know you wanted to be yeah. in startups? Um, yeah, I think I've kind of always knew that I wanted to be something where I felt like my work was not just, um, piling on to a bunch of people's work. It was very like you had a real impact in the company. So mm -hmm. that's definitely um, something I, I always aimed for. And when I was at uni, uh, I was always involved in um, some societies and uh, clubs. And when I was at Iowa, I was, I was involved with the solar car team. And again, it was like a really small team. Everything you did had a massive impact. And most important, if you didn't do something, nothing would happen. Like everything would be clogged up and it, it really had to like, put in uh, effort and I, I really, I get a lot of motivation out of, out of seeing my work mm -hmm. kind of pay. Um, so that's why I've been, I've been attracted to startups. Mm -hmm. Is that, so would you kind of go off of like the, un the, would you go off the conventional advice in saying young grads should consider more startups instead of these big corporations, because you're going to be more hands-on and you're going to be able to make a difference? Um, I would say, I don't think there's one advice that fits everybody. That's fair. And I think it's, it's for me that that advice never resonated. And now mm -hmm. I don't, I don't think I'll ever work in a, in a corporation. That's really big just because I'm not, I'm not made for that. I'm not made for the kind of, there's a lot, there are a lot of advantages, but there's a lot of uh, disadvantages, like just the inner workings, the inner politics of a, of a company. Mm -hmm. It takes a lot more inertia to get stuff uh, done. And, um, and so, yeah, I was never made for that. Questioning both worlds, definitely mm -hmm. um, try them out. Get an internship in something that's really small. Get, mm -hmm. Even if it's like a family business that's just run by uh, some parents and, and just get, get, get your experience because you'll, you'll definitely understand better what you want and kind of what the light you want to lead after. Mm -hmm. No, that makes sense. And then, so kind of going back to angel investing, are there companies that you specifically or industries that you look for that you're more attracted to than others? Or what are some of the variables you play when considering angel investing? Sure. I, I'm, I'm really attracted to um, really deep tech companies. So deep tech is just companies that have uh, some underlying IP or some underlying technology that is a little bit more complex than an app on the app store. Let's put it that way. Um, I, I think this is because of my 
uh, like my engineering background, I was always really interested in some technologies and um, I've been accumulating some passions, like for instance, uh, nuclear energy or AI, where I've kind of had phases in, in university where I kind of just went down that path and really found myself learning a lot about it. And, um, yeah. and so those, like those areas, anything that's related to energy or um, uh, sustainable technology is interesting. And also in terms of AI, anything that kind of uh, touches the consumer is also really cool. Um, I find like B2B AI a little bit less exciting, but stuff that um, uh, like people like us can use on a daily basis mm -hmm. is more, more exciting. Yeah. Can you, can you honestly, what is AI? I feel like there's just a notion of like AI, like what is AI? Yeah, 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 for sure. I can. Okay. I was thinking, I was thinking, cause you kind of hinted that you asked that question. And I think what before even what we say, what's AI, we should say what's not AI. And I think people get a little bit confused because they think they look everywhere and everything is AI. Mm -hmm. I think for me, like there's a clear difference. Like there is something I just called like super intelligent, super intelligent computers. And that's the stuff that it's like in Siri, like mm -hmm. Siri is just super intelligent. She just knows a bunch of stuff and you can ask her and, and, uh, and she'll reply, but she has a limitation. You mm -hmm. can't really ask her, uh, like have a conversation with her. So I just call that like, it's almost machine learning or what mm -hmm. you can call a bunch of stuff. For me, AI is more the, the end goal is the, the uh, sentient computer or something with a consciousness or whatever it is that it's yet to be built. And that AI is really far away. Uh, or I, I think is is relatively far away uh, mm -hmm. from being created, and um, what we are dealing with is just with really intelligent computers that can do stuff that in like thirty years ago we we couldn't, um, and can understand patterns in 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 data that we couldn't, and that's why it's um, it's really interesting because we can harness that value and pass it on back to the the user. Mm -hmm. Did I answer it? Are you more to kind of clarify it? Yeah, no, definitely. And yeah, because like I'm I'm kind of, I'm in the artificial intelligence industry. I'm young startup, but it's just it, it's yeah. when I first got on, my first question is like, what is AI? And I mean that sums it up perfectly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And kind of going off of that, then like what are like so in the B2C artificial intelligence area, I mean, how can companies use AI, you know, let's think of a I don't know, a, we'll we'll give you the ball to you. How does a B2C company use AI um, to enhance the customer experience? Um, yeah, just for example, uh, in customer experience, there are like a lot of companies, I think TalkDesk and there's a Portuguese startup that's uh, doing quite well in that space where there's a lot of stuff that you can do with a bot that you don't need another person, a person on the other hand to, to answer your questions. And if you can have uh, more and more questions answered, with AI that can bring a lot of value and wait times can um, uh, decrease and people can get a lot more um, more easily. Um, other stuff, I think it's quite interesting and we're at the cut more that maybe more in the future is when AI starts to understand like our emotions and our our speech patterns and the way that we communicate and then they can or it can communicate back in the same level um, and that that's again on the road to like the perfect conscious computer. Um, and that's, that was something that I was kind of involved with in my last, my, my last startup theory. And mm -hmm. that was looking at, uh, made like trying to 
to um, pinpoint what is the emotional content of the conversation. We were focusing on text messages and trying to see what um, if we could detect individual emotions as they were progressing in in a chat conversation, which is again, you can use that for a chat bot to train it better. There's multiple applications. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that, that's probably an area that I'm really interested in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit more about dreary? Because it was understanding of people's emotions, but I think your title there was actually growth hacker. Um, yeah, so yeah. what is a growth hacker? Like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> so a growth hacker is kind of a, it's a new concept. It's kind of a funny, uh, when we decided my title was going to be that was a little bit as um, a joke in itself, because no, <laughs> there's no title that is called a growth hacker, yeah. but it's kind of started with Y Combinator. Are you familiar with Y Combinator? Mm -hmm. the, yep, the accelerator and, mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and um, they are really focused on growth and basically you have to grow consistently and um, and you should that should be your ultimate goal. So for us, it was literally my job was to make sure we were growing. We we're mm -hmm. adding more using users and we were keeping the, the users that we got. Obviously we were a startup, so there was no money going around to pay for ads or anything. Yep. So we, I was just spending my time on my day, speaking to users, seeing what works and what didn't work with the app, trying to develop some tests or some, uh, or some theories, like uh, if we add this functionality, we'll retain users better. Implementing it uh, and then like designing, implementing it, and then testing to see the results. And you could do that with any with stuff on the app and also with acquisition strategies, just mm -hmm. going out. Um, something that we noticed was that um, people usually find, uh, if you have a problem on, on the internet, you usually look for a video about it. Mm -hmm. So we kind of pinpoint some key problems or some questions that people asked uh, that our app kind of solved. And we made videos about that. And we noticed that the conversion from like a video watch to an app download was like 50%, something that like our Instagram pages had like 4% conversion. So it was, it was about finding those like little nuggets in the internet where you can really find users that are keen to use your product and it really solves a, a, a problem, a hard problem for them. And then uh, trying to harvest those. So it's all about that. It's about analytics acquisition, retention, and, uh, and speaking to users, and then testing the whole thing, iterating. So that was probably what I did day to day. Yeah. So is this, is this engineering that you're doing, or is this more marketing, or what's the fine line between the two with a growth actor? Yeah. I, I, I don't think it, it is engineering in the sense that it is problem, problem solving. Mm. Uh, it, it is marketing in the sense that is reaching the consumer, but it's, all those disciplines combined um, in in a new thing. Um, it's a it's oh it's quite an interesting question because um, I think we'll probably have more and more people that will be focused on this uh, now before, than before because now we are more um, uh, bombarded by everything. So you kind of have to find better ways to connect with um, with uh, with your final user. And so it, I guess it is marketing at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. yeah. No, yeah, definitely. And so just kind of talking more about like all the areas you're interested in, like what is it about like nuclear energy or like space that like is interesting to you? I mean, what are the startups looking <laughs> in that industry? <laughs> yeah, it, that's definitely more detect. They're less fancy uh, startups and you don't really hear about them. Yeah. Like you hear about the new, the new app that is coming up. Uh, but on the nuclear engineering side, uh, it was, is, 
is related to the fact that like I'm quite passionate about sustainability and uh, I'm uh, I spend quite a lot a lot of the time growing up looking at like how what we are doing to our to our planet and what are the solutions that are out there to kind of help us get through this and I always like someone made a point that actually nuclear engineering can really help um, provide some time but some that's called the base load power that even that can help us. Uh, moving to a, like a carbon a carbon neutral uh, society so that's my main interest is in uh, that I think it has a really uh, a really good value in um, a really good place in the NX, energy mix of the future and so I was looking at new technologies um, and I actually did my engineering dissertation on nu nuclear energy because I was quite into that um, as it turns out it's really hard to research and implement nuclear reactors it's not <laughs> like you can do it by yourself in the garage you kind of have to have a lot of money and expertise behind you so i kind of strayed away from that path because of the time uh it, it's it you put in effort now and you collect the rewards 20 or 30 years after mm -hmm. and i was looking for something a bit more more direct but still i i, I still quite quite passionate about it and i think or oh, hopefully people will be more and more um, accepting of nuclear energy and although it has a bad rep there are a, a bunch of solutions that can um, make it better and we could really use the, the benefits of it uh, and then space is just because it's cool it's just like I, I grew up on Marvel movies and fantasy and sci-fi so like anything that goes into space I'm just there because I think it's cool <laughs> oh yeah that is cool and can so I'm going to be honest, nuclear energy is engineering way over my head, but like, what would, sure, be, sure. what would be some of like the benefits and solutions that it can provide? Yeah. So it, nuclear energy is really good at being steady. Mm -hmm. uh, you have like a solar panel, but you might have a cloudy day or you have a night. So it, although you have the solar panel out there every day, you might not be producing electricity every day. Mm -hmm. But as consumers, we have lights on, we have stuff on that we need to have on every day. So mm -hmm. this is called the base load. Even if you have loads of solar panels, there will be like a time at night that won't be enough energy. Or it will be a really like a bunch of cloudy days that won't be enough energy. So you need to provide like a, a default energy source. And right now that's really um, like, um, carbon heavy sources like natural gas and coal and that mm -hmm. kind of stuff so we need to migrate to, to something else and i think nuclear power can really provide that base that base uh, layer and then there are a bunch of new technologies and uh, designs that prevent it from having uh, problems like in the past like hiroshima or, or yep, yep. Uh, not hiroshima sorry um what's the chernobyl and um, fukushima and the um, that are just better designs it's just people did uh, better designs that are really less prone to to accidents and that can um like for me the trade-off between having that once in a million uh, accident but having a clean uh, power source makes sense but i i do get that for some people it might not yeah <laughs> and i'm curious so yeah. with just angel investing in general when like companies come to you, like what are they laying down for you? What are they saying? Francisco, invest in us because X, Y, Z. Like what are those variables that they show you? Uh, yeah, like it usually goes like they reach out via email, via LinkedIn, via a connection or I've met, the, met them at an event. They send over a deck and 
Um, I wished it was more standardized, but people send over whatever they want and they present <laughs> their companies in whatever their way uh, they they want. And it's kind of my job to put it in my framework and the way mm. I think about companies and to make sure like I understand what is going on. And if I think this is something that I I would um, I was in, invest in and to invest, it has to fill some criteria. Mm. Um, so yeah, it is usually a PowerPoint um, and they go over stuff like the market size, what is their product, um, at seed or pre-seed level, it's quite important to have some sort of traction or some sort of validation mm. of the idea. And so um, it usually includes that. And then, yeah, just some ideas of um, what the team looks like and mm. um, where the what is the big vision for the company? What am I buying, basically? <laughs> what am I throwing my heart and money into to get a solid return on investment? <laughs> exactly, exactly. You need to know that, don't you? <laughs> No, perfect. And yeah, I love talking about your career. I, I think you're awesome. Um, but I do want to ask <laughs> just some like, just some personal like advice that you give to people. So let's sure, say, sure. let's pretend like you didn't grow up in Portugal, the UK, but you're just you grew up in Iowa. Okay, you've yeah. been overseas, maybe one time. What advice would you give to someone that wants to work overseas and a completely new culture and completely new environment? I mean, what advice would you give to yeah. them? I think for open uh, open eyes and open heart you should go and be willing to accept a lot of change and that, i think that can be quite quite difficult sometimes when you think oh no like I'll, I'll just go over there it'll be the same you know they have supermarkets they have beds they have bathrooms it'll just be the same thing and in at the end of the day it is but the culture and lifestyle is so different that it, sometimes it hits you in the face and you just <laughs> have to be prepared to oh okay yeah i understand this now i can adjust to it and and not to shut it out because mm -hmm. then it, it just makes it harder on yourself yeah. uh, and i would just as a final note on that like i would incentivize everybody to go and explore even inside the us there's mm -hmm. amazing places to go and uh to live and it, you learn so much more about yourself yeah for sure no i love that yeah that was one of the things i was taking back when i went to london of course i had like the open eyes open heart but it was just so different from like America in the sense of like how old it is. Like that's one of the biggest takeaways I have. Yeah. We're visiting like King Henry the first is like bedroom in America, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and I do sure. kind of going off of what you just said, like what is one thing about Iowa that kind of surprised you when you first came over here? Sorry? How cold it is? Uh, actually, uh, no, I think I had an idea that was cold because of, of Chicago. Um, what, what, one thing that surprised me, I thought I, it was something that I was not prepared for, is how far everything is from each other. I didn't realize I had to get like a 20-minute a Uber to go to get to a McDonald's. Yeah. I go down the street and I get to a McDonald's. Uh, that kind of stuff it was like surprising. I think in Iowa City, like past, I don't know, midnight, you only get like one or two places that are open for food and that was like how am i gonna do that like <laughs> yeah i know what those late late night munchies mean in iowa city so i could resonate yeah with <laughs> for sure i was surprised i was surprised for that yeah and then also like i'm curious um you've got it how, how old are you, are you around 25 24 yeah i'm 24 okay perfect yeah so how old like where do you see yourself in 20 years with like angel investing um what, what do you think is going to happen in 30 years with your personal journey? Um, I mean, hopefully, I can tell you what I hope happens is that I can um, I can continue to do angel investing, but I can also get associated 
with a startup fund and I can be a, an associate or a principal and hopefully a partner, maybe in 30 years a partner and um, I can uh, have a, a deeper impact in, in kind of the startup world. Mm -hmm. My goal is to really hone down a, a technology, let's say nuclear energy, and just be the guy that, you know, I know exactly what's going on in the market and I know what players I want to invest in and what players I should um, uh, help and kind of help them develop their skills and their companies. So, mm -hmm. yeah, that, something like that. Perfect. So in 30 years, we'll have you on again because um, the business cloud will still be <laughs> and we'll, we'll see, we'll see how it all lines up. <laughs> oh yeah, sure. Sure. Yeah. Check me, check me on that. In 30 yeah. years. <laughs> and then we are winding down. So I want, want to ask just like one final question. Um, so you're like sure. technology sectors, like these are not easy sectors to comprehend or to understand. Um, so how would someone sure. put their foot in the door um, and get, more knowledge, more experience, like in these industries to just understand it more. Sure. I, I, I think here it's one of those, it's again, the same, it really depends from person to person, but I'll just share how I learn and how I got into, into it. It was with YouTube videos. I just YouTube videos mainly. I remember I can probably tell you what YouTube video I found first <laughs> that kind of introduced me to like, uh, nuclear reactors and Gen 4 nuclear reactors, which is the type I'm more interested in. And from there, it kind of just spawned. And I follow uh, a bunch of people on LinkedIn that are really passionate about that. And yeah. um, and I, I just learn from them. Um, so yeah, uh, I would just say go on YouTube. <laughs> go on YouTube, look at the videos. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Well, that wraps up our time, Francisco. I loved having you on. You were awesome to have on. Um, so thank you oh, so thank much you. for joining the Business Cloud. I'm very, very happy we finally got you on after I was thinking about it for like five months. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm happy you reached out. Yeah, this is really fun. And uh, yeah, you had some nice questions as well. I liked I liked the, the little discussion. And yeah, may, maybe like if this really continues for 30 years, we can we can definitely do that 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 the second the the 2.0 episode and see how, where we are. <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll have to do like a decade check-in. So this can be 1.0, then we'll have 2.0. Yeah, we'll just keep going every, every decade. <laughs> yeah, yeah, as we grow older for sure. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, Francisco, one more time, thank you so so much for coming on. I know the business cloud community will love listening to you, um, and just thank you so so much. Great, thank you. You can find me on LinkedIn and if you want to reach out, please do. And uh, I usually reply to all emails, so there you go. <laughs> Perfect, well, thank you so much, Francisco. Uh, I will have everything, how to connect with him um, in this bio and just kind of in the ending. So I will make sure someone does at least. So thank you, Francisco. Great, thank you. Perfect. Well, 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 everybody. That was a phenomenal episode with Francisco, guys, and I really enjoyed speaking with him um, about artificial intelligence and, you know, how it can be applied in B2C scenarios um, and B2B and just really his interests and, like, what he's looking for in angel investing. It was a really cool conversation um, to, like, participate, interview with, um, and I'm really excited to listen when it gets published, um, guys. So that was a lot of fun. Um, really enjoyed this episode with Francisco. And, guys, connect with him um Connect with him on LinkedIn. I'm going to have it the, in the description. Um, but don't forget to connect with him. Ask him any questions about AI, uh, nuclear energy, uh, space, because um, Francisco will be a great resource. Um, really lucky to have him on the podcast. Um, we are going to international, I guess, uh, Mr. International Pitbull. Um, but thanks so much, guys, for tuning in. Uh, don't forget to hit that follow button. Um, it really does mean a lot um, for your support, and it really just keeps me motivated to keep posting. So thank you very much, and I will speak with you guys soon. Thank you.